Hey guys, just a warning on this podcast. This podcast does have strong themes. This is not intended for children. Please go to our other podcasts if you want to continue our normal content with the same rating. We have story time, and story time by its nature does have strong themes. It's a bunch of friends talking about stories, unbridled and un... Well, it's censored, but strong themes. You have been warned. Hey guys, it's Willie the Shrimp. I don't know where I am. I was just sitting there on my leaf. This net... It came down and scooped me. I was put into this f***ing bag for two days, and now I'm here. I'm in this tank. Please, wait. Through the glass. Is that a sign? Joe's Shrimp Shack? What? No! Please, go to joeshrimpshack.com. Use promo code AQUARIANGUYS at checkout. It's 15% off. Please, order me. I'm a fire shrimp. Please, I need to get out of here. I just watched two other shrimp eat their own shit. Oh, what they're doing inside the six-inch cholo wood is despicable. Please, even the bamboo shrimp are eating shit. I can't do it. <laughs> Help, JoeShrimpShack.com. I need out of here. Welcome to the Aquarium Guys Podcast with your hosts, Jim Colby and Rob Zolson. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. So today we're ready to kick off part two of the highly demanded series, even though it's not a series until today, Story Time. Story Time. So I'm your host, Rob Zolson. I'm Jim Colby. And today we have in the studio, just to make sure that we're as best behaved, we have our editor, Scrap. How you doing? Good evening, fellas. We can't just do story time, you know, by ourselves this go around. The first time, you know, it kicked off well. And to give you guys a little background, story time is just where we sit around a metaphorical campfire, because again, this is coronavirus season and we need to stay at home. And tell all of our fondest stories, whether it be something chuckle-worthy, something embarrassing. We try to keep it themed around, you know, the the hobby, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. And today, we have a few different guests. Number one, we have from Plymouth, Minnesota, the shrimp man himself, Joe from Joe Shrimp Shack. How you doing, buddy? It, pretty good. I am the man that has the cholo wood by the inch. Yeah. Cholo wood by the inch, baby. And then we have the dynamic duo, the I, I'm I'm pretty sure the largest fish rescue in North America, the Ohio fish rescue, both Big Rich and Josh. How are you guys doing? Hey, what's up, buddy? How you guys Not doing? Only I the think... largest in North America, but the largest in the world. We have checked. You have checked. That is correct. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that for more advertisements <laughs> here soon. <laughs> the largest Rob's rescue. Googling that right now, going, they're filling me full of crap. Google I just thought they had to make that 100,000-gallon mark before they get that, but clearly they beat them already. Let's kick things off. We drew some straws, and Big Rich said he's going to go first for some story time. Oh, I agreed to this. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Hostage. <laughs> okay. Here's the story. You guys may remember we went to California, and that's a long drive. It's it's 32 hours there, wait, 32 wait, wait, hours wait, wait, wait. back. We're, we're going to call this story Highway High Five, okay? Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I will explain that. And, you know, it was a long drive, and it was a long drive back, and we have to rent a truck. And, you know, uh, our good buddy Vincent Wu was uh, going out of business, basically. And he didn't wasn't in business selling fish or nothing, but he had a bunch of the country's greatest stock of fish and a lot of big tanks. 
and uh, he called us and said he's going to be traveling for the next seven years. He wants to uh, downsize all the stock, and he wants them to come to Ohio Fish Rescue. So we rented a truck. We drove to California, like the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How does somebody um, just plan on traveling for seven years? Like, I'm going to go on a hiatus to discover myself. That, that's after uh, one. I can't explain that, but I did not ask him. I did not care. I, you know, hey, Vincent Wu, I was a very well-respected man. You want us to take your stock? I love you, brother. <laughs> that's okay with me. Um, do what you got to do, and we will take care of it. And we rented the truck. We went to California. Now, we went there, and we picked up a bunch of fish, and we made it back. It, ca- it took me 70 72 hours total driving. I did not sleep for three days. I was up and I made it back. We got the fish back. And then he calls me and tells me he wants me to take this tank and that tank and this storage tub and these tanks and everything else that. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to rent another truck and make another trip in the same month, two trips to California. But this time, this trip took 92 hours. I was up far beyond what any human should be up for. Um, we assume no related. hotel. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't stop at a motel because, okay, here, here's the deal. Well, well, let me finish with the story and then you'll understand the deal. All right. Um, I get there and I planned ahead. We're going to have 12 hours of sleeping time. I cannot go through that 70 hours again. We're going to have 12 hours of sleeping time. We've got it all planned out. We have to be there at 7 o'clock in the morning. If I leave now at this certain time, we can be there. And we, we're, we're going to break it up a little bit to make it easier than the last trip. Well, our truck broke down. It took 12 hours to get this truck fixed, replaced, and then us back on the road again. Where we didn't have a bed, we were just waiting at, at some truck stop at a, a truck repair place. And we, we get there, and now it's 7 o'clock in the morning where we were supposed to meet Vincent Wu and take these fish and tanks and everything else he's given us. Um, so I, I had no chance to sleep. So there, that theory went out the door. So now here I am. We get there, we work all day long, we load up everything. Uh, we got some amazing stock. Uh, I got a three-foot albino red tail cat we had a platinum red tail a platinum red tail platinum no yeah, i'm sorry important. it wasn't albino it was platinum red tail and then we had a three foot uh tarpon atlantic tarpon and you know that that, that was the fish we were worried about because they're real skittish they're jumpers um, we got a, a just so many other just great fish we had a short-bodied, four-foot-long alligator gar. We had all kinds of crazy-ass fish. Huge stingrays. Oh, huge stingrays. But Turtles, now, on our way back, um, we had a problem because as we're going through New Mexico, the truck happens to be an aluminum body. The tubs are sitting on the, on the floor, and I have a heater back there. I have a 3,000-watt uh, inverter, and I had two extension cords running from the inverter all the way around back and then taking care of everything, and we actually had a camera back there. I could see the camera up front. It was a baby monitor, and everything was, was going good until we hit New Mexico, and the temperatures dropped from California being 80 degrees to New Mexico being like 30 degrees, but the wind chill of us driving 
made the floor of the truck even colder. So we had to stop every two or three stops to do water changes. And we're begging like McDonald's. We're begging, you know, <laughs> Ramada Inns. Anybody, can we use some water? We need a, a heated water source. And we're doing water changes to save the lives of these fish all the way back. Every couple stops, it turned out. 92 hours I was awake for when I got home. Now, let me tell you what happened on the way home. We invented this new game, and it's called Ohio Fish Rescue Highway High Five. Okay? Here's how Can it goes. Can we do this at I home? Had me. Oh, this is great, dude. This is great. All right. I, had, I was driving. Tracy was in the middle. And then Joe Rockwell, our moderator from Ohio Fish Rescue, was in the passenger seat. I picked him up in Nevada and brought him back to our house. And then he was supposed to help me drive. And then we were going to fly him home. Um, Joe drove for about six hours, but he's a truck driver. And he was already tired from his uh, job. So he tried driving for like, he drove for six hours. And he was like, I can't do this. I'm sleeping. I'm falling asleep, blah, blah, blah. So next thing happens, I'm driving along and this is taking forever and we're driving and we're driving and we're driving. Next thing you know, I start hearing like God's voice and I hear, <laughs> I, I shit you not. Listen, I hear. He hears Morgan Freeman. Rich, bitch. You got to listen. It was rich. Oh, okay. It not just bitch. Soft. Okay. It was just a, a, a very nice enveloping sound rich and i'm like yeah thinking i'm talking to god and next thing you know i hear it again and it's a little bit louder rich and i'm like yeah and i'm i'm thinking i'm answering god he's talking to me next thing you know i hear tracy yell rich <laughs> i wake up i was driving down the highway we're doing 85 miles an hour and i look over because now i'm scared and i wake up and i look over at tracy and my you know the box trucks they have these like mirrors that are are held by like tubes like uh, on the size of your thumb or so this mirror on the passenger side was touching the semi truck next to us and was bending in to where i couldn't see and, and and I woke up and I see this and I start backing off. Well, Joe Rockwell reaches out the window and writes OFR on the truck next to us. <laughs> and I start pulling away. Now, we did no damage. We just bent the mirror in. Okay. So now at this point, I'm like, I'm like, what the hell? You know, and, and Joe tells me, I told you twice, bro. I'm like, dude, that was you. I thought that was God talking to me. You said it so soft and rich. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't wake up until Tracy screamed. As you should have said something earlier, you know? Oh. So now here we are. We're driving next to his truck. He has no idea. We just touched him. And Joe wrote OFR on his truck and in the dirt. So now I, we deem that highway, OFR, highway, high five. And I am the leading current champion right now. <laughs> Don't try that at home, kids. It's uh, not worth Do it. Do not try this at home. So, so, that so now... No, 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 no. We got more. We got more. We got more. So now we're driving home and, you know, Joe couldn't drive no more. And I was definitely awake now. I just talked to God. <laughs> so I'm driving home. We go through Louisiana. We go through Illinois. We go through, you know, uh, Michigan. We, we, we go through uh, 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 or Indiana and then we go to Ohio. I make it home. Now, check this out. Ninety two hours. I've been awake. Well, sort of, 
I was sleeping for a little sort bit of. while driving. You got a little, little bit of a nap there. <laughs> we make it home. I, I, I pull up to my, my driveway and I know the whole back end's full of fish. So I'm going to back in. It's a 26 foot U-Haul truck. We pull up past my driveway. I pull towards my neighbor's yard and I go to back in and I back the truck into our driveway. I get out of my truck and completely forgot there was two extension cords going from the inverter under the hood all the way around back to the thing. And it's a big F650. So it's like so the, the foot footholds are like four foot off the ground and I'm standing on them. And the, the two extension cords grab both my feet. And I'm falling forward now. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm falling forward and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, oh, this ain't going to be good. <laughs> I put both my arms out in front of my face because, of course, that's what you do. And I'm thinking, I got this. I can handle this. I'm going to hit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fine. I hit the ground and my right arm completely just fails on me. And I turn and roll to the right and, and then tumble and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I go to get up and I cannot move my right arm. I'm like, I'm like, someone needs to help me. And Josh has come running around from the passenger side and he helps me up. My right arm is useless. I cannot move it. I went to the hospital. Josh did all the fish transfers and all that. I went straight to the hospital. I had ripped all seven tendons off of my right rotator cuff or shoulder. And they retracted. My bicep muscle retracted down. It was down by where your elbow is. And it was a big lump there. The biggest muscle on your back, the tendon, that ripped off of my shoulder. And, and the doctor found all these tendons and pulled them back up and reattached them. So now I had to go through 30 days of immobilization. I could not move my arm. They did not want me moving and ripping the stitches. And then I had to go through three months of therapy. Do you, if I can say the word bands and you have a cringe, you've known what I've gone through. These things are just, just inhuman to people. <laughs> I had to do this physical therapy where this little girl's like, just do this. And she's doing it like so simply and I couldn't do it. I'm, I'm like a big man, 350 pounds. I can't do what you're doing. This, this sucks. <laughs> I'm just going to watch but, every yes. truck for an OFR logo from now on. A Daggett truck <laughs> passes me on the highway. I'm going to look for it. Right. <laughs> Don't That's try this highway, at home, kids. OFR, highway, high five. <laughs> if you can do it on a train, brownie points. <laughs> do it on a train. There you go. <laughs> All right. So. Yeah, I, I don't think God was talking to you. I think God was driving for you. God was definitely driving that day because okay. I wasn't. <laughs> I was in a state of euphoria the first time I'd slept. And, you know, I think it was probably at that point about 70 hours. And I'm sleeping at the wheel. And just why would you be in the passenger seat and just go, Rich? You know what I'm saying? I would be like, oh, my God, Rich. You know, <laughs> I'd be freaking out. The driver's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> we know that Joe Rockwell sounds like God to you, so we'll, we'll be sure to Dude, tell him. That. He sounded like God. It was a it was a warm, comforting voice. Rich, Rich. I'm like, yeah. I want that as a ringtone. Rich. <laughs> yeah. After 72 hours of sleep, your body actually goes into paranoia and uh, a uh, a potential zone of like schizophrenia. So uh, go on, go you for 92 hours, sir. 
Dude, it was crazy. But, you know, I had to save the fish. And that's what we're here to do. And darn and, it, you're going to uh, do that through thick, thin, and no sleep. All right, so who is next on our list of storytime shenanigans? Joe Shrimp Shack. You tell us Joel your story, Shrimp brother. Chola Wood All by right. the inch. Chola Wood, Chola by, Wood the by the inch. All right, well, it, it was back in 2017. Um, I was only nine months into this hobby. I went to my first show. It was the Aquatic Experience. And kind of, I didn't know anybody else that was out there. Um, I went with one of my friends, Jeff Lidberg. And we went out there, and I kind of really became really good friends with Chris Luca, uh, also known as the Shrimp King. Well, we're sitting there chumming around, making jokes, popping jokes all day long. And he says, hey, Joe, do you want to go over and run the camera while I do a live stream? I'm like, sure, I can do that. Not a problem. So he gets on there and he starts talking and he sees another big YouTuber. And he says, hey, come over here for a second. I want to ask you you know, a couple questions. And this person who's going to be anonymous right now um, came over. Keep in mind that this person is very religious as well. Chris goes up to him and he says, hey, how's it going? And he says, oh, it's going fine. It's going fine. He goes, I got a personal question to ask you. He goes, yeah, go ahead. Well, please keep in mind, guys, that we're doing a live feed. So we had followers watching. He goes, when was the last time you gave your wife an orgasm? <laughs> oh, my God. He turned, <laughs> beat, he turned beet red and was, like, dumbfounded. I'm sitting there like, oh, gosh. And he goes, oh, it was this last week. Well, <laughs> That's what Tuesdays are for overheard this and says it wasn't even that good <laughs> oh, oh, hey. oh. Oh. so we were just going over and chubbing it up and, and of course this person is is beat red out of the blue i see my i everybody called her my shrimp wife it was a new girl that i was starting to see she <laughs> comes running down from the hotel room and she is just pissed and I said, what's wrong? She goes, I cannot believe that you guys just literally did that. I'm like, did what? You asked if, you know, this guy gave his wife an orgasm. I said, I never did. This was Chris. I'm just a cameraman. She's like, you guys are making a big joke out of this. And I'm like, well, it's kind of what we do. We kind of have fun. And the whole weekend, I mean, I became friends with everybody out there. And at that moment, I was just like, you know what? This is what I want to do with my life is just keep on doing this aquatics. See, you learn a couple of things there. Number one, you learn the background of a real fish tuber and the fun you get to have in the, the background. And two, you know that if you have anything to do with shrimp, everyone wants to see your six inch cholo wood. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Smooth. And, you know, if you're lucky, if you put it in the water and it swells up, it might be eight inches. You, you never know. <laughs> oh, dude. And that's all any girl asks for is just a couple inches more. So if you want your That's own right. six to eight inch cholo wood, go to joeshroomshack.com, <laughs> promo code aquarium, guys. Yeah. That's right. All right. I'm going to take the next one. I've always wanted to ex keep expanding, try new things. I uh, pride myself in dabbing in every type of fish that I get to see online at least once. That That's my goal in my fish hobby to eventually try everything I can at least try to get my hands on that's legal. Like lutefisk. Like lutefisk. Tried that. That's a Minnesota staple. For those that don't know, but lutefisk. That's right. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> lutefisk <laughs> is a Norwegian tradition that they soak white fish in lye. Lye like the soap. In Minnesota, it's more popular than it ever will be in Norway because it was that done for poor and hard times. Minnesota celebrates it by doing these giant fish feeds. Thank you for that random tangent there, Jimmy. Yeah. It's gross. Google it. But no, my story is I was thinking about do I want to get into turtles? 
You know, <laughs> that that just sounds. Me and my wife saw a couple people with some red slider turtles, some painted turtles, and we're like, you know, turtles could seem fun. We can have them outdoors. We can make a pond for them in our backyard. It's it seems like a nice, you know, hardy addition, and uh, just matches the aquarium hobby, right? Get a, maybe a tank for the winter, <coughs> leave them out in the summer, have some fun. So during this time when me and my wife were deciding we want to do turtles, we decided to go in one of our local rivers and go tubing, which is a Minnesota tradition. You grab tire inner tubes and you float down the river for about three, four hours, not doing a damn thing except being lazy and listening to Jack Johnson music and maybe sip a beer. And peeing in the river. Uh, damn right. You don't get out to pee. You know, it's right there. <laughs> it flows along with you. It's part of the experience and smell. That's why I always go last. Some of us oh, also geez. call it cabrewing. I just thought that's so you could take off your pants. <laughs> no, take your beer I, I, with you. I like to go last because I like to spread the love downstream. Oh, that's genius. <laughs> no, it's warmer in the last place. <laughs> that's right. Is that right? And warmer saltier. In last <laughs> and saltier. So again, you, you essentially you park a vehicle at one end, park another vehicle at the other, and you tube you tube through. It's it's a real fun thing. It's real cheap to do because you can bring your own tubes. And there's also tubing establishments throughout Minnesota you can look up. It's one of my favorite all time hobbies because I get to be fat and lazy. So me and my wife were going tubing, and it was a nice, you know. Nice goals in life. Oh, yeah. Nice summer day <laughs> floating down the river. And there wasn't that many people, but, you know, we're getting towards the end, and me and my wife were just, you know, we're about 20 minutes away from the exit. Um, we come up because we're just us two, so we're not touching bottom. We're not moseying around. We're just floating. Whereas some other groups, you know, they'll drag bottom. They'll go slower. So we're approaching this big family, and this big family is completely shit-faced. Uh, th- there's... I don't know one person that wasn't slurring, taking their tops off, you know, just completely trash. And they have a kid with them. The kid's about 10, 12 years old, you know, kind of like that just before pubescent stage. And he was just dragged along. And that was just part of the family. There was no sober adult there with him. So we, we felt bad for the kid. You could tell he was bored. And we're trying to float past them. There's not a real way to speed up when you get on the river unless you want to just, you know, get out and paddle like Michael Phelps. And let me tell you, I'm a big man. I, I ain't going to happen for me. So we're just floating by him. And we see the kid. He's bored in the corner. He found himself a painted turtle. I'm like, oh, look. And I literally point to my wife. I'm like, that's the turtle that we should be getting. Oh, that's so beautiful. And the kid grabs the turtle and holds it and tries to like air hump it while he's floating on the on the tube and says, hey, guys, look what I'm doing. They all turn around. Look at the kid pretending to face the turtle. So oh my as, God. Did as you he's just doing say this, face the turtle. You didn't say face I did say face As many times as our editor is going to bleep this out for everyone. He's fucking going to kill you. He is. Fake turtle. Fake turtle. You fucking turtle. Don't say face Listen, you midget loving motherfucker. I hear a lot of ducks going to be happening. Oh, yeah. Back to the story. So this kid's sitting there doing this with the turtle. And as they're all drunk in their stupor, pointing and laughing like, oh, oh, oh he's going to fuck the turtle. His shorts split open. He's wearing swimming trunks. His penis is dangling there. And the turtle reaches out and clamps down on the head of his dick. No. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. Everybody else, what's going on? And the kid does the whole thing where he grabs the turtle. He's, he kind of, ah, he begins to yell like that and then pulls the turtle away from his body thinking that's going to let go. Instead, it's just doing some like horrible rubber band action. <laughs> oh my God. This kid is full on adding extra inches to his man meat and just 
heave hoeing that turtle and all the parents you know i'm assuming some are parents in that group and there's not a single adult that wasn't laughing i'm sitting there panicking and the kid's going and i'm trying to like paddle over to him like trying to see if i could help maybe get off the beach call 911 i had my cell phone in a ziploc bag give the turtle cpr so get the turtle CPR. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, because everybody's drunk and they're not going to help a kid if his dick gets bit off. So the the kid just keeps yelling and he's just rubber banding his dick. I'm like, no, don't. And it's you know you assume that there's going to be tearing sound effects, something. But then the turtle finally lets go after like the 14th rubber band effect, and he just tosses the turtle. The turtle still swims away. He's fine. And uh, the kid, you know, he's just sitting there, just like trying to start fire in his crotch, like putting a stick together and rubbing it back and forth. And I feel bad. We just get to the stop. We go up to the, the top, and finally one one person that was half sober does, uh, does call the authority. Did you kiss it and make it better? I did, I, we got to the, they got did to the beach before I could do anything. <laughs> I, was, I did not have anything to do with anything. They took care of it before <laughs> I did. But after that moment, me and my wife made a pact that we are never going to have a turtle unless it's a rescue. We don't want uh, rubber band effects with a turtle anytime soon. So, I don't know who, he did, who needed wow, rescuing great story. more. <laughs> I think I'm not sure either. So if you ever know why I don't have turtles, Jimmy, that is why. I'm forever petrified by... You once saw a turtle almost bite the dick off somebody. Yep. Oh. That, is, that is what happened. I'm traumatized and I can't, uh, can't have a turtle now. That, that hurt just thinking about it. You're welcome. Yeah. And I'm sorry, editor, for... Uh, it was the stretching effect and the video visual I was getting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of that Dumb and Dumber scene where the guy stuck his tongue to that, uh, that right. hole and goes... Eh. Not a good visual. That makes my whole fit, getting bit by a fish story makes me sound like a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> we still got to get that tattoo, damn it. <laughs> but, but speaking of that, I did get bit by another fish recently. Hit me. <laughs> Tell us all about uh, it. We, we were actually cleaning out the 4,400 gallon. We were cleaning the front window and whatnot. And uh, I'm in there, you know, scrubbing What down he the means window, by we is he's in there cleaning it. And you're drinking beer watching? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys seen the video or not, but we had one of the Perun sharks eat another fish inside the tank. So while I was in there, we're trying to... Uh, catch this Perun shark out. So I got my big four foot net in there and I end up trapping this Perun shark against the top of the, the, the tank or against the back Let me explain this to people. Perun sharks look just like iridescent sharks. Iridescent sharks get up to 36 inches. They sell them at PetSmart for like, you know, four bucks and they're, you know, two inches. They're, they get to 36 inches. But Perun sharks are their big brother, their big meaner brother. Iridescent sharks are like omnivores. They they basically eat, you know, the, the fish food. But the Perun sharks are, let's say for, for lack of better terms, meativores. They eat <laughs> meat. And they go after anything that moves. And so they're like largemouth bass. Dude, they're so just just insane they have they look like an iridescent shark but their top fin has a, a, an elongated extra you know like finnage on it and so does their bottom fins and uh they're they're perun sharks they do go after anything that moves and they do bite and we had a 24 inch perun shark eat 
an 18 inch Leparanius. And I mean, you didn't, you would never think that this would fit in this prune shark's mouth, but he ate it. So we were moving them. The purpose of this was, you know, we're a rescue. We don't want our fish eating each other. We don't try and promote that or none of that. This is just an accident that happened. So we're in there trying to catch these fish out of there and put them over to the uh, pool pond where there's no small fish in there. So Josh, I, I say by small, nothing under 24 inches. Okay. Right. The prune shark cannot fit in his mouth. He will have to eat our tilapia we give him instead of devouring our fish. Right. So then go ahead, Josh. So I'm in this tank and I got my four foot net and I trap him against the back wall of this aquarium. Now I'm like, well, shit, I got to take this net and bring it up to the top of the tank somehow without him, you know, getting out of the net because they are lightning fast and they are pretty strong. So my thought is, let me just go ahead and, you know, reach around the net and I'll grab the fish through the net and then I'll go ahead and I'll move the net up to the top to where he can't get out. As I Good proceed thinking. to do this, I, I grab the, the net and this fish basically lets out a big giant screw you and he latches on to my thumb. <laughs> now it's, he's not just biting my thumb. Imagine sticking your thumb down this fish's throat and he, he bites me. And then he said, that's not enough. And he goes ahead and he swallows my, my, my thumb more. So now there's like partial of my palm inside this fish's mouth. And I'm sitting here still inside the net. So I hurry up and I get him to the top of the tank. And then he proceeds to let go of my wow, thumb. he's screaming and, underwater. <laughs> and puke up everything that was inside of his stomach. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now to this day, he puked. I don't like you didn't puke. Sharks. No, 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 the, the, the fish puke. But okay, if you okay. know when fish puke, they release this acid that's inside their, their stomach, and it's bad for, for the aquarium. So what we learn is you taste like shit. <laughs> 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 Smell my thumb, Jimmy. If a thumb, fish Jimmy. eats you, he's going to puke. Give <laughs> <laughs> him the old thumbs down. <laughs> thumbs down. Smell my thumb. Although the thumbs was down his throat for sure. <laughs> We've got pictures where it bit. Uh, and, and it took his whole thumb. If you take your, your fingers and you go down your thumb to where your hand starts, there was a bite mark there. And then there was about a bite mark about an inch in farther, almost to your wrist, where the fish latched on and wanted to swallow that thumb. I, I got it. <laughs> I, I don't have anything even half as much fun as this. But I, I, Rob, you've, you've asked me, Rob, a couple of times to tell the story and how I got my nickname down in Florida. Please. I have begged you to tell this story. You have refused up until now to even, even have a mention it. So, it's funny. I want to just give a little preface to this so people understand how epic this is between you and me. I go down with this man to Florida, and he's like showing me all the fish farms, going to Seagrass Farms, and everybody we see. I've never met these people in my life. Just And what do they call you, Jimmy? Naked man. And everybody giggles. Like they stole money from a child. <laughs> Every single person. We're talking young, old. Hey, naked man, I haven't seen you in a couple years. And just, it's really creepy. Naked man. And they look at me like, oh, he hasn't told you. <laughs> He'll never tell you. So please, <laughs> share to the class the story you've been keeping from everyone for so long. So I actually looked up the year before I tell the story and stuff, because the, the couple stories that I got for this program both happened at the same trip down in Florida. I've been down there probably 15, 17 times. Uh, I was down there with my, my buddy, Mark Sparby, uh, who owned a pet store at the time. And we went down and we visited several of the fish farms. And we went uh, out with our, our friends from um, Seagrass Farms. 
and they said, uh, hey, let's take you guys out for dinner tonight. And we're going, hell yeah. They said, what do you guys want? And they said, well, there's a, a new barbecue place that's got a nice open area where we can all sit outside and eat. It's a beautiful day. So we went over to this barbecue place, which I kind of, it's kind of like a famous Dave's, but it had a nice big outdoor patio and they were, they were grilling a barbecue out there right out in the thing. And uh, we all proceeded to start drinking a little bit. A little bit? We were sloshed. That's what I'm talking about. There we go. And uh, so <laughs> so we're, we're, we were out there and but we're right next to this big fountain. One thing led to another and, and uh, somebody said, you know, I'd give somebody $500 if they jump in that naked. Somebody said? Somebody said. All right. If, if, if you know the voice, you'll know who it was. <laughs> and so uh, we had a couple more drinks, and then it was said again. I'd give somebody $500 to see him jump in there naked. Mark and I were about ready to go, and, and we actually uh, were staying down the road about six blocks, but we had driven because we're fat and lazy. And uh, so I told Mark, I says, you might want to start the car up. He goes, why? I says, I'm going to go jump in there. So I went into the bathroom and uh, got totally naked except for my tennis shoes. Came through the restaurant. Boogie that, boogie that. Boogie that, boogie that. And I want to say <laughs> it was really cold out because <laughs> that's what everybody oh, stopped. That's what everybody pointed out to me. That was really cold out, wasn't it, Jim? I don't know. And so, wait, are you saying you didn't have a turtle to no, stretch the mood? No, I did not have a turtle to stretch the mood. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here and here's the best part so I, I i come out of there i'm i'm blasted i'm going you know just screaming at the top of my lungs i come out i, I have all my clothes tucked underneath my arm and uh i jump in this little uh, area with the fountain i do a little dance and then somebody says belly flop belly flop so i belly flopped in uh, from the edge twice and then mark comes pulling up with the car i dive in through the door through the window, he had the window down. He straight up dukes a hazard. Dukes a hazard with my butt cheeks sticking out, and we take off at about Mach seven. And of course, where do I have my pee pee? It's right on top of the door lock. And as we're going down the road, you know the how a door lock, the automatic door lock, how it goes down. Yeah, it hurts. And for then on, they always call you the right angle. That's right. And uh, <laughs> so here's the here's the best part. Nobody really freaking noticed. I mean, there's like 15 people. Out, yeah, there's like 15 people out there, and the only people that really noticed was was our table because they were waiting for it. Everybody else was kind of like, "What the hell just happened?" Boogie dad, boogie dad. Oh my god! And uh, so now I'm I'm referred to as naked man. Everywhere, everywhere in Florida, it's incredible. If you have anything to do with fish at all, you're naked man. Yeah, and and the thing have is, have you been to an Imperial Tropicals? <laughs> no. Not been there. That's Southern Florida. Yeah. Yeah. This was in the Tampa area. And uh, so as we uh, like now, when I, when I still call, call this particular place, uh, <laughs> they say, can I ask who's calling? I say, tell much naked man. And, and it's, they always, it's kind of like Bob Newhart. They have a new secretary every two weeks. And she goes, I've heard about you. I've once called, <laughs> yeah. I've once called the suggested place. Yeah. And I, they literally, it's like, who are you? I'm like, we don't know you. I'm like, uh, I'm with naked man. Literally got me through to the supervisor immediately. <laughs> so yeah, so that's all. Awesome. That's all I had. So yeah, so as we uh, go down the street with my, I have uh, face down in the in the car seat, and and of course Mark thinks it's pretty funny. So he's he's weaving back and forth across the road, 
And then I'm just, I can't really get in the car. My ass is hanging out and we pull up, we, we pull up to the hotel and he's laughing so hard. I'm laughing so hard. So we finally get out and there's a guy out there adjusting like the sprinklers at nine o'clock at night. And he just sees, he looks at us and just goes, having a good time. I go, yeah, we're good. And he just went back in like it just happens all the time. So <laughs> awesome. So, awesome. That, so, so that's why I, I got my nickname down in Florida. I can just uh, just imagine the entire scene, you know, the whole car glowing because we're from Minnesota and your ass literally never sees sun. It's never seen sun once. Nope. Uh, other than that, that was at nighttime, though. Yeah. Oh, so you're like almost from Canada, the great white ass. Oh, completely. We are so close to Canada. <laughs> I can smell it. We literally have poutine down the street. It smells like poutine. Yeah. All right, so I think we made one full round, and uh, for those that are listening, uh, you should have at least completed one full beer. If you haven't, you know that's that's on you. And uh, oh, you guys should be drinking every time we say, "What's the keyword tonight, Robs?" See on, on, on your live streams, you, got, you guys got keyword. <laughs> so I'm going with either Cholo Wood or my hand can't work. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. All right, Rich, well, you got another one for us? Just for you guys a drink, here, here it is. Cholo wood, cholo wood, cholo wood. Consume. <laughs> now, I, I got one more to tell you. Um, I was getting into this whole, you know, thing, and I, I had a bunch of tanks, and we were, we were building this up, and, and I found out that my buddy um, was in New York from H2O Aquatics, and they were closing down. So we bought all of his stingrays from him, which I eventually sold and bought this house here and started to rescue with. But we bought the stingrays so that we could start uh, mass producing babies. His stingrays were all like 30 inches, black diamonds, beautiful. Um, it was Mike. It was his name. And uh, H2O Aquatics. So anyways, he tells me he's closing down. And I'm like, you know what? I need your filtration system because all of our tanks at that point, we had all of our tanks. We were on separate filtration and we were doing water changes. And I was just like, this is too much. I need your, your main filtration system. So I drove to New York. It was not the Canadian Falls, New York. It was nine and a half hours away. It was the Long Island, New York. So we went, I drove there and I told Josh, I'm like, you know what? You're a good kid. Have fun. Party this weekend. Invite your friends over. Have a party. I don't mind. I'm going to go with your mom and we're going to New York and I'm going to pick up all this filtration and make our lives easier. So I drive nine and a half hours there. And, and I don't know if you've ever been through PA, but these people drive. I'm doing 95 miles an hour and I'm being just passed by trucks, just cars, trucks. It was just crazy. They were doing like 110, 120. It just seemed like this is the norm. I was flabbergasted. But I get to New York and I pay all these tolls on all these bridges. It was crazy. I get to Mike's shop. Now, H2O Aquatics was closing down. I'm there to buy the filtration. I walk in and I see a 4,400-gallon tank. I'm like, uh, this ain't for sale, is it? And they're like, yeah. I, I immediately put in a first bid. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to get it, blah, blah, blah. And I bid on it. And I'm like, this, is, this thing is beautiful. You know, it's seven foot 
from front to back. It's 14 foot long, six foot tall, one big piece of glass on a fiberglass reinforced plastic, you know, body. I was like, this is just the, the biggest, the best fish tank I've ever seen. And uh, he explained to me the whole story, how the customer had bought this and had it installed in his house. And it cost $168,000. And they did the filtration. There was protein skimmers. There was big pumps. There was a huge sump. And, you know, and it was all salt water. It was beautiful. You know, I, I go on and, I, I, and then I end up getting this tank. So at this point now, I call my son. I'm like, hey, Josh. Hi, buddy. Remember that party I told you go ahead and have because I trust you and you're a good kid? Yeah, no, screw that. <laughs> go to ABC <laughs> Rental, <laughs> rent a pickup truck and a car trailer, and drive to New York right now. So me and Tracy, we slept in the car in the parking lot and waited for Josh to show up. And poor Joshy changed all his plans and you know told his friends he can't come over and all that stuff. And he drove straight through. At that point, it was the middle of winter. They had to take a bobcat and load this 4,400-gallon tank onto the, the car trailer. I brought a pickup truck and a car trailer, and Josh brought another pickup truck and a car trailer because the stand was the same 14-foot by 7-foot. It was only 36 inches tall, but it was 3,500 pounds, and the tank was like 4,500 pounds. So what we did was we... We took the tank and I went to Home Depot and I bought one inch acrylic and I covered the whole um, window. But I was thinking the styrofoam in the, the wind chill and all that, well, it'll shake, it'll shimmy and it'll scratch the acrylic. I covered the acrylic with a drawer liner, clear plastic drawer liner. You can get it at Home Contact Depot. Contact paper. Thank you. I covered the whole window with that, and then I put an inch of, of styrofoam on there, and we duct taped that together, and then I went around the whole tank with shrink wrap. We put a heater inside, hooked up to our inverter, and we put a camera inside, hooked up to our baby monitor in the car. Here's the reason. I got a hold of the company, Water Dog Products, that made the tank, and they said, if that tank gets cold... 14-foot window will shrink at least almost a half inch, and it will pop the seams. So we had to keep the whole tank warm. So I had the heater in it. I had the, the camera in it, and I'm driving home. Everything's fine. We get through Pennsylvania again. Now, mind you, Pennsylvania is the Appalachian Mountains. It takes you like, I don't know, 34 miles of going uphill, and then you've got probably 15 miles of downhill. It's no joke. Oh, it's no joke. And there's no street lights. There's no street lights. I'm I'm flying and I'm I'm looking in this blizzard that we're driving through. It was horrible. It was it was snow everywhere. And I'm driving and I'm doing like I don't know, I think it was twenty seven miles an hour. And I'm I can only see like six feet out in front of me. And then out of nowhere a semi just blasts past me, doing like seventy. They have lights, they have traction. Oh, I was scared to death. So now here we go. I've got my son behind me, Josh driving the car, the, the semi or the pickup truck behind me with the trailer and then all the extras that we bought inside the uh, stand and all that. I'm, I'm driving up front with this big 4,500 pound, 4,400 4, gallon tank. And, you know, I'm, I'm going down a hill in Pennsylvania. There's no streetlights. 
And I start hitting the brakes and the, the trailer. Oh my God, dude. Scariest feeling ever. I'm trying to slow us down, but and the, the trailer is pushing us and we're speeding up and I'm trying to slow down, but I'm sliding. This was just horrible. This was crazy. Next thing I know, I'm going down this hill and the trailer is almost beside me. Jackknifed completely. I can look out my driver's window and see the fish tank on the trailer beside me. We're sliding all the way down this hill. And it was like a two mile hill. I'm like, oh my God, I'm trying to let off the brake, hit the brake, let off the brake, hit the brake and get traction of some sort. My son calls me from behind. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I'm okay, it's okay, I'm trying, you know. And, and, I thought and, that and tank I, was a goner. You you answered oh, the damn phone? My God. You don't even understand, because once we hit the bottom, there was no snow. It stopped snowing, well, and all of a sudden, we hit dry pavement. This tank jerked behind me and went the other way and went up on two wheels of our car trailer. This tank was only on its right side. And I thought Woo. it was done. I thought it was gone. It, it rode that for a while. And I turned towards the right. And it finally came down. But it, then it went up on its left side. And I'm like, ah! And I'm turning towards the left side. This 4,400-gallon tank should not be here today. That's all I'm saying. Now, oh, mind no. you, I had been driving and been, you know, for forever. I was hallucinating in this snowstorm. I'm seeing things that just weren't there, and I'm actually ducking while I'm driving. It was crazy. And we got it home, and it sat outside of our house in Cleveland for two years, hooked up to a, a extension cord with the heater in it, that same surrounding on it, and a big tarp over it because I had no place to put it. I was not prepared to buy that. I did not look to buy that. I did not try to buy that. But when the presentation arrived, I had to buy that, you know what I'm saying? And I brought it home, and it sat up there for two years until I bought this house out here in Strongsville. And we got a, I, I built on an addition here for my fish room, and that was the first time we got this 4,400-gallon tank set up. And it has not failed to this day. It is, it is a good tank. I'm going to have to come just, see that tank. <laughs> It's amazing. I mean, 14 foot long of glass, six foot tall and seven foot from front to rear. And it's uh, two and a half inches thick acrylic. And oh, my God, it's it's just it's an amazing tank. So the moral and is it was uh, sorry. The moral of the story is that when you have some sleep, you're basically <laughs> fast and the furious with the trailer. Basically, <laughs> my trailer was 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 what, what do you want to call it drifting beside me <laughs> that, that, <clears throat> no i'm just trying to like think like i can't drive 55 is playing in the background while this is all yeah. happening God. oh i wanted to slap sammy hangar that night absolutely sammy hang on <laughs> hey, sammy hang on for life <laughs> all hey, right since we're since we're speaking about like musicians and stuff i have a, a good story about meeting a musician that nobody else really knew this is aquatic experience this last year when we were out in New Jersey, so I'm going to kind of fill you in what happened. I flew out there early with um, Manny from JBJ. He wanted to tour me around New York because I'd never seen downtown New York. And the one places I wanted to go to was the M&M store. Yeah. So I went to the M&M store, bought a bunch of M&Ms, 
went back. Uh, we started setting up our booth there for the international shrimp contest. Got diabetes. Uh, got got diabetes. Um, now we were going to meet downstairs with Gabby from Denerol, and they were down there. I went to go shower and stuff. I came back down, brought the M and M's down, sit down next to Manny. I look over my left shoulder. And I'm like, no, that can't be. And I just kept on looking, and it, everybody's just like having a normal conversation. I finally took my phone, snapped a picture, and looked at it, and long and behold, it was Jeff Hanna. Now, if you guys don't know who Jeff Hanna is, it's with the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. And if you still don't know who that is, I'm sure that we can key up a little little cue of some of the music. Perfect. So we sat there, and I, I'm just like looking at him, and I just, just, and all of a sudden I look over, and Jimmy Faden's there too. And who? Jimmy Faden. Oh, okay. Okay. I said so Paige. I was like, no way. No. So then I sat there, and after five minutes, I said, hey, do you guys mind if I take a picture with you guys? And they're like, oh, yeah, keep in mind, they're just eating burgers and drinking beer. They're like, perfect, not a problem. Took a picture with them, and then Mandy looks over, and he says, hey, you want to go have a cigarette? I'm like, sure, not a problem. So I go out there with Manny, and Gabby goes out there, and they said, oh, how do you know that guy? I'm like, you don't know who that is? They're like, no, who? And I said, "Uh, it's the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. And they're like, who? Are you serious? It's it's your era of music, and I'm the youngest one in the group, and I know exactly who this is. So we're, I'm sitting out there playing some YouTube music from them. So they're like, oh, yeah, I know this song. So we're outside. I come back in, and long and behold, they're eating all my M&Ms. Bastards. <laughs> they, the bastards. They ate, they ate all my And keep in mind, in New York, those M&Ms, oh, they're expensive bag, you know. They sat there and they ate my M&M's. So what happened to them is they ended up getting a, a flat tire on their tour bus. So they stayed at that hotel there. So that was my meeting of someone famous that nobody else in that whole hotel knew. <laughs> wow. I, I knew who it was right away when you said it. The Nitty Gritty oh. Dirt Band plays in our area about twice a year at our casino. A lot, yeah. They're kind of like the house yeah. band. And, and uh for those of you who don't know who we're talking about, you know, if you heard the song Fishing in the Dark, that's the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. And Mr. Bojangles. There you go. I, I, I mean, they were just in Ohio, too, in January. Yes, they, they still are traveling nonstop and still touring. I, I had something similar uh, that same trip. It reminded me when he told the story about the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Uh, Mark and I were going to go have a steak in Orlando that day. No, it wasn't Orlando. It was Tampa. I'm sorry. So we were going to have uh, have a steak, and we went to this steak place that was famous for a big steak at a cheap price. And we get there, and they're telling us it's going to be a two-hour wait. We end up sitting in the bar visiting with some people next door. And uh, Mark had his Minnesota Twins polo shirt on because we went and watched watched a game during spring training that day. And then we, we'd come back to Tampa as we're sitting in this, this steakhouse and they're telling us it's going to be a two hour wait. We're visiting this guy uh, next to us who to me looked kind of like Stefano from days of our lives. For those of you who watched days of our lives years and years ago, kind of a big, you watched days, days of, our of our lives. Really? Yeah. When, when I was in college, I was an all my children person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wow. Oh my God. So, so we are we're, we're talking to this guy and he says to us, he goes, uh, what are you guys waiting for for food? And we said, yeah. And he says, well, he said, we got good. He goes, I'm the general manager of a steak place down the street. He goes, I can get you in right away. And we said, oh, why are you here? He says, well, I don't like to drink where I work and stuff. He says, I'm meeting some friends here. And 
he said, uh, I can call over there, get you in right away. Cause we usually have a wait too. And we said, well, yeah, go ahead. So he calls over there and you have to remember this is back in 1999 and his uh, phone is about the size of a shoebox. And he calls over there and gives us directions and lo and behold, he sends us over to Shula's. And for those who aren't familiar with Shula's, it's Don Shula from the Miami Dolphins, who used to be the old coach. He has a steak place. Which was also the Cleveland uh, Browns coach. Yes, yes. So we go over to Shula's, and immediately as we walk in, we're thinking uh, that old parody from Sesame Street where three of these things belong together, which one doesn't, and it was us. We walk in with T-shirts and shorts, and, uh, you know, Everybody there is wearing, you know, ties and skirts and, and there's a piano bar out front and people are drinking cognac and we get there, walk up to the, to the gal and she says, Oh, are you the guys from Minnesota? And we said, yep. How'd you figure? And she goes, Oh, the boss called and described you. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm sure. And she goes, can I ask you, where'd you run into him? We said, Oh, down at the other steak place down the street. She goes, I knew it. He goes over there and drinking because he doesn't want to drink here because it's too expensive. So they took us in, sat us down. This all happened in the course of an hour. We sit down. They bring the menu is written on a football, and they light the whole restaurant with one candle, I'm pretty sure. We, uh, we can't hardly read the menu on this football, so we, we told the waiter, said, you know, we just want a steak and a potato type of thing. And uh, he goes, do you guys want to share a potato? We go, why would we want to share a potato? Well, they're pretty big. And we said no. So he brought us a steak, which was uh, $42, was it? The steak, everything else was a la carte. The potato was $7.95. The asparagus was $7.95. Starting to get to be an expensive night. And they gave us one of the best seats in the house, which is right next to the bathroom. Because when you're from Minnesota and you're in Florida and you're dressed like a bum, you get to sit by the bathroom. We were there for five minutes. And lo and behold, this beautiful woman walks by. And Mark goes, did you see her? I went, nope. He goes, I think it's Whitney Houston. And I went, no way. So she comes out of the bathroom, and sure as heck, it's Whitney Houston. This is 1999, and she has got powdered donut under her nose. She was in, I'm not kidding you. She was, was it powdered wait, donut? Is yeah. she a crispy cream connoisseur? Yeah, she was in the bathroom consuming powdered donuts. Okay. <laughs> and on her, on her beautiful dark skin, you could see this under her nose as she comes out are you sure it wasn't the got milk mustache no it was the 90s right no it was ni- right. 1999 and I, and I can tell you why i know it's 1999 i looked it up today before i came over so she goes in and out of the bathroom not once but 15 times meanwhile you looked over there and there's bobby brown and they've got this little girl with them who at that time was six years old it was christina uh their daughter and so she's in the bathroom getting jacked up every five minutes she back and forth and we said to our waiter, who was a, a young guy, we said, is she in there doing what we think she's doing? And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, she gets kicked out of here for doing that all the time. And Because um, they the, the bars don't appreciate you doing no. donuts when you should buy their food. Right, exactly. Don't <laughs> eat donuts in the bathroom. That's right. <laughs> and, and so now we've had a couple of beers. And when I mean by a couple, I mean seven. And Mark says to me, I'll give you 100 bucks if you go over and ask her for an autograph. He goes, and if we're lucky, Bobby Brown will punch you in the face and we can sue him and get this whole trip paid for. And I'm thinking, that's pretty pretty much possible. That's, that's a that, hell of a prerogative. I mean, yeah, <laughs> let's put some Bobby Brown right here. <laughs> that was good. So so we uh, we sit there and, and watch this unfold. Then, then she leaves, and uh, we thought, oh, that's all the excitement for the night. 
And Mark gets up to go use the bathroom, and now they're cleaning the bathrooms that we're sitting next to. So they, they direct him to the back of the um, to, to the back of the restaurant. And Mark comes back and he goes, "You won't believe who's back there in the back room." And I go, "Who?" He goes, "At least twenty, maybe twenty-two different players from Major League Baseball." He goes, "There's everybody back there." And I'm not a big baseball fan. I don't know the names, but here's who I remember that was there was Sammy Sosa. And um, okay, the the year be, it was the year before. I think it was '98 that he had the big home run um, chase with Mark McGuire, and they were. Uh, at that time, slugging it back and forth, trying to see who could beat Roger Maris's home run record. And for those of you who don't know who Roger Maris is, in the 60s, he worked, he played for who? The Mets, was it? Or New York? And anyway, Roger Maris is from Fargo, North Dakota. So uh, in our hometown, uh, 60 miles to the uh, west of us, we have a Roger Maris Museum right in our West Acres shopping mall with all the different baseball bats and stuff that he used during his home run. And so Mark says to me, he goes, they gave me a bunch of crap. I said, what do you mean the, the poor baseball players gave you a bunch of crap? He goes, well, I'm wearing my Minnesota Twins jersey or his polo shirt. And when he walked by the table to go back to the bathroom, Sammy Sosa said, oh, you still got a team up there? We didn't know. And and they all laughed and stuff. So Mark says, I'm going to buy these guys a beer. And I says, dude, you're on your own. If you're buying 22 beers at Shula's, I mean, our food bill's already almost $300. He goes, it's once in a lifetime, I'm going to do it. I said, okay, you go ahead. And so he sends them a beer back there, and you see them go by. And, of course, they're not drinking Michelob or Old Milwaukee or anything. I mean, they're all drinking this exotic beers. Stella Artois. Yeah, exactly. So we get the we get the, the thing, and it was almost $400 for beer. And Mark says, I'm just going to put it on the credit card and explain it to my wife later. And so he um, – calls for our check and stuff. And we heard as they went and back, they heard all the guys going, yay, free beer and stuff. And our, our waiter came and Mark flips out the credit card and he's paying our bar bill, which is damn near eight, $900 without tip. I, I tipped a hundred dollars because I had uh, told him I would tip. And um, we're sitting there and the, I mean, the naked man has a reputation. You exactly. Got to hope hold it in Florida. So we're, we're getting ready to leave. And, Lo and behold, the waiter says, you guys just got to wait around just a second. And we said, why? He goes, just hold on. And those 22 baseball players each bought us a beer back. So they came with 44 freaking open beers for us. They had five, Holy shit. They had five trays full. And these things are all cracked open. And we're sitting there. I can't see. Mark's a big man. He's about as big as big rich. I can't see the top of his head across the table from me because we got all these beers in front of him. And Mark said to me, holy crap. I guess we're going to have to call a taxi because there was no Uber back in that day. So as we are sitting there drinking our beer, laughing about it, then all these players came walking out and came over to our table and started laughing at us. They said, drink up people. And uh, Mark said to him, well, you guys want to help us? And they said, sure. Bring it out to the, what do you want to call it? The cigar bar, I think is what they had called it. They had a piano out there. So the, the waiter took out all these beers out there. And they were gone in probably 20 minutes, and then we all heard them talk about how crappy the beer was that we were drinking. You don't remember the rest. No, I, I do is? remember the rest because we had to leave our car <laughs> there, and we got to ride on the Major League Baseball bus that they had. They provide these guys with a bus so they don't drink and drive, and they gave us a ride back to our hotel. And I'll never, I never forget Sammy Sosa as we walked off the bus. He goes, "See us, suckas," and we got off the bus. <laughs> it was an expensive night, but yeah, we got to see a lot of cool people. I've never been more hungry for donuts. For, yeah, there was a lot of donuts in in the bathroom. I think they had a special in there. 
But yeah, you could see it on her beautiful skin. Uh, it was at least a baker's dozen. Yeah, right up the nose donuts. All right, so I think I better wrap this back into back into fish stories. I've got one foot for you. You first, then. I we no longer like titanium eaters here, so I hope you guys are ready to kind <laughs> oh of God, this your pants so a funny. little bit. Oh, this is so, so funny. We're sitting here at the rescue, and we're trying to find a heater for a new tank that we're setting up. And I'm going through, and I'm testing heaters, you know, glass heaters, titanium no, no, heaters. I'm plugging them in, and he's holding on to them to see if they get warm. Who's licking okay. them? That's what I want to know. <laughs> so, yeah. So, as my dad said, I'm sitting here testing out, you know, heaters one after one. Okay, th- this one works. This one, and not so much. This one's garbage. We get to, like, the final two or three heaters, and they're all, you know, titanium heaters and whatnot. He goes to plug in one eater, and I'm going to go ahead and let, let the big man take this over because he, he absolutely loves this story for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, did so anybody's arms or hands go numb? <laughs> I plug in this heater, and my son starts, like, like mosh dancing and shit. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what the hell? Wait, can you, you know, explain for the I, class what a mosh dance is? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's sitting there and he's like doing fist bumps and then bashing his head and all that and and i'm like what the hell you know is it warm or not you know, son of a bitch <laughs> all next thing i know i realize he's being shocked he's no, being shocked. electrocuted electrocuted and, and he can't 500 talk. watt heater <laughs> <laughs> he's holding on to this heater and it's making it hold on more. He can't speak. He's just jumping up and down and like fist pumping his hand like 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 he oh was in pain God. or something. Like he's sitting there like, like yeah, I'm yeah. electrocuted, Dad. And I'm like, Josh, quit fucking <laughs> around, boy. Is it warm or not? <laughs> Are you okay? We need to get you a get you a donuts. I mean, <laughs> that's why they called Josh. Was awesome. He was moshing and shit. I'm thinking this is the greatest thing ever. Why? Why are you doing this? Just tell me if it's warm. <laughs> and he's jumping up and down and holding. Finally, I realize he's being shocked, and I unplug it, and he drops to the ground, and he's no, laying no, down. No, there no, like, no, no. Before all that. I fling okay. this goddamn heater out of my hand. It hits the wall and it bends into a C like a damn boomerang. Yes, and then yes, you yes, plug it in? Yes. <laughs> he finally overcame the power because the electric he was being electrocuted. It was making his hand like clamp down on it and he couldn't let go. And uh yeah, that happened. It, it was the funniest shit ever. Oh my god. It was so funny. He does not like you know uh titanium heaters no more. <laughs> so my- So was it getting warm? It was, yeah, it, was warm. it was it warm? Did it work? <laughs> that was no. cold lightning right there. <laughs> so I have this uh rack of 10 gallon tanks. It's nine <coughs> 10 gallon tanks, and I wanted to put them in a recirculating system that I could shut off so I can quarantine these tanks. So I finally built this thing. There's a lot of stories with that that we've talked about in the podcast before of troubles we've had. But my electrocution <laughs> story 
is I got a titanium heater because I did not call Josh and say, hey, which one bends in a sea that I shouldn't touch? So <laughs> I put that in the bottom. There's no fish in my tank really yet besides like a beta. And I go in to check the water temperature, you know, the next morning. And my roommate's standing next to me and we have concrete floors. I was barefoot. He was not. I stick my finger in there to test the temperature. And as I stick my finger in, I go, <laughs> my roommate just looks at me like, what's going on? I look at the tank. I look at my finger. Uh, I, I just stick it right back in the water. <laughs> what is Wait, going on? Go? <laughs> you got shocked how many times? And I'm like, no, that, that can't be right. And I do it one more time. <laughs> I'm literally audibly making that noise. And he's like, what is wrong with you right now? I'm like, I think I'm getting electrocuted. What is going on? And then he puts it in like, no, it's not working. And so I do it again. <laughs> but he had shoes on. <laughs> right. He had shoes on. So he had insulator. I was direct to the concrete. And uh, sure enough, yeah, it because of the recirculating system, all nine tanks were getting electrocuted at once. But I had them on plastic insulators. So there's no grounding from the tanks. I was the only ground to the ground. I was getting hard electrocu- uh, electrocution from all of it. And don't get don't get titanium heaters if you can help it, or if you do, make sure you have no, a titanium no, grounding no. rod. Voice of reason coming in in Rob's podcast. Voice of reason, get grounding probes. They cost two dollars and ninety nine cents. Titanium <laughs> grounding rods. They're they're easy peasy. I threw one in, fixed the heater, and I don't have to go yeah anymore. So uh, word to the wise. How did that go? Yeah, <laughs> I'm waiting for that to be a. Uh, you ringtone. Could you explain how a titanium grounding rod works? So what do you do is you put the um, rod in the aquarium okay. and you stick it into an out a wall outlet that has the third round plug. That's the ground. If you don't have that, you can't stick it in there. And it grounds so out all the electricity in the a tank directly to your wall outlet. So what you're saying is if you live in a house that is older than a certain amount of time that doesn't have very good or doesn't have modern wiring and you have to use little ground plugs, it's not going to work. Keep goldfish. Right. (laughs) Well, they have grounding probes. You can take them and, uh, you know, they're, they're like 20 foot of wire and they're all just a piece of metal that goes into your tank and it hooks over the back and then you can run that grounding probe down to your water lines which are grounded down um and it would no no electrical shock happens to your fish or you it just gets grounded directly so there is different variations of it but yeah it's a definitely good idea yeah it works something similar to a uh lightning rod on your roof of your house uh if and back in the exactly my parents used to have a big two-story house and they had a lightning rod and the big uh i think it was a copper cable came all the way down into this big stake into the ground so well something similar now that was just an add-on to the electric story but uh my story, I'd like to leave with something that people can you know, take away. Always plan for the unexpected. Like, it's going to work perfectly. Trust me, you said it out loud, it's not. You know, that's my favorite fish. Well, that's the one sure to going to die. So Murphy's Law with the aquariums always happens, even in the perfect situations. So in elementary school, I was in my 7th, 8th grade year. I'm the class clown. I'm bored at school. I think that all this extra algebra that I'm never going to use in the rest of my life is a waste of time. But you're right. Which I'm right, but uh, I decide, hey, why can't we get something in the, like a class pet? So I try to talk my teacher into getting fish, of course. 
So she finally lets uh, lets in on probation. This has to work out. So I I tell her I'll bring a kiddie pool into the classroom. We have a series, it's this mixed grade classroom. So we have every grade from first grade all the way up to eighth in the same classroom, right? And we get this kiddie pool. We fill it with water. We put a, a filter on the side, and we have goldfish in a pond. We they just built a brand new school this year. We put this kiddie pool in, we put goldfish in there, and then a couple kids say, oh, I have some koi someone gave me, and they put them in the pond. Well, me not thinking, you know, I'm on probation, this has to work out, if there's any extra mess, if there's a ton of different cleanings they have to do, if they make splashing noises, you know, that it leaves, so I'm all on probation, so I'm trying to make sure all this works and it's not a distraction for the students. So we put this uh, pond in the classroom, and little do I know, because again, Murphy's Law, I didn't do enough homework, I'm an idiot kid. They installed floor heating. So, unheated pond, which is supposed to be cool on a cement floor, was hotter than the rest of the room, and it was apparently the perfect temperature for fish to spawn. And when we first put this thing in, we had koi in there that were getting close to the mature age. As the class goes on, a couple of days go in, as the tank warms and warms over time with waves of heat, because again, this the school year starts in the uh, fall, which is warmer and the heat doesn't kick on. As the wintertime kicks in, these fish are getting more and more rambunctious. We're talking splashing in the middle of class, maybe a blurb. The teacher kind of ignores it, thinking, oh, fish is fish, right? And I'm sitting there wondering what the hell is going on. Now they're chasing each other in the pond. I'm still inexperienced uh, at this time with uh, how specifically a koi and goldfish breed. I know that they're supposed to be chasing, and I'm not under- I'm not sure what's happening. So as this is going on, the younger kids are close to the pond. The teacher's thinking that anytime that they feel like they're not wanting to look at their work, maybe the pond will distract them so they're not disrupting other kids, which worked out great, by the way. So as this happens, right as we're being called to uh, go to lunch, Free Willy flies across the classroom and lands on the teacher's desk. <laughs> so always prepare for the unexpected. These koi jumped out. Now we put it back in. The next day, we had a bunch of rotting fish all over in the morning because they jumped out of the pond because koi jump when they breed. So they were induced, they jumped all over, and then we took all of them and put them in the substitute teacher's uh, van. Why would you do that? Because they're already dead. I didn't want the other kids seeing them, and I hated the substitute teacher. (laughs) (laughs) You seem to have a lot of hate bottled up inside you, my friend. It's it's angst. I have not had enough donuts in my life. It's a lot of sad, sad stories, and I love it when there's sad, sad music behind your sad, sad stories. Hey, there's no bottle cap uh, fishing lures or pop cans in this story. I I don't know if you lost one of our podcasts, Rich, where... uh, Scrappy Doo put in about five minutes of sad music as Rob's telling a story, and it just gets louder and louder, and then quieter and louder. <laughs> you just play a little violin right yeah, there. It was best. perfect. Wah, wah, wah. So, Jimmy, besides uh, you know music stories, do you have this one last story to close us out? Last time when we did story time, you gave us the best story ever. Now we, we can't you know do this twice perfectly, but what you got for us? I don't really have anything uh, other than the fact that you said something about turtles earlier. When we were in Florida, every pet store in Florida are selling the little two-inch red ear sliders like you used to be able to get from your local five-and-dime stores when we were growing up. They're selling them under the, the, the vortex that these are for educational purposes only. And so we thought, how much are these? We talked to a supplier down there, and we could pick these things up for next to nothing, like a buck and a half, $2 a piece. Yeah, so they we said, how do you guys not get in trouble? They said, well, as long as you post 
for educational purposes only, you can sell them in your pet store. Now, for those that uh, don't know, the USDA bans, because the USDA, of course, is the smartest organization in the government, they ban any turtle being sold under th- uh, four inches. So it's to be four, four, inches inches, and, yeah. four inches and over to be sold because the USDA believes that there's a higher salmonella risk with turtles under four inches, which is a bunch of crap. We buy a bunch of turtles, have them shipped back to Minnesota, and we're selling turtles like uh, you wouldn't believe. And all of a sudden, we get a phone call one day, and the USDA shows up and says, what are you guys doing? We said, we're selling turtles for education purposes only. And they said, yeah, we know about that loophole, but now that we've told you you got to quit, you got to quit. We went, uh, okay. And she says to uh, Mark, who I've sold them to Mark, or you know, because I'm his wholesaler, <clears throat> they, they jack us up pretty good, and they said, we need to take all these turtles and destroy them. And we're like, you're not going to kill 100 baby turtles, are you? Well, that's that's what we got to do. So I called over to one of my suppliers. I said, "Have you ever dealt with this before?" And they said, "Yes, we have." And they're gonna they're gonna try to force you into putting in an ad in the newspaper saying that these turtles are being recalled. And she goes, "I'll send you over what you need to put in the newspaper, and they'll lose their mind." And so she sent me over this paper by via fax when people used to have fax machines. I have to meet with the USDA person the next day. And I said, yeah, I'll put it in the newspaper and pay for that. And I said, here's what I'm going to put in there. So I gave it to her. and It said, you know, by order of USDA, these turtles need to be recalled and need to be uh, euthanized. And she goes, we can't put that in the newspaper. I go, why? And she goes, because people will come unglued if they know we're killing turtles. I go, well, that's exactly what you're doing. And she goes, well, let's just skip that part. And you guys get rid of the turtles however you see fit. But if I see them in a pet store for sale, she goes, she goes, you're both going to jail. Made one phone call, shipped them all back to the, the person, just took our lumps in and called it a day. So, yeah, another sad story. But uh, you cannot sell baby turtles uh, for educational purposes only, according to the USDA, once they've told you you can't. But it is a loophole in their own law, and they're aware of it. So that's what we're going to do next time we get a bad shipment from Schmelta Airlines. We're going to just put in the paper that... You know, the Schmelta wants to kill another 200 fish because they couldn't answer us at the at the door at 9.59 p.m. Oh, <laughs> that, that doesn't even make sense to me. So anyone else got a story before we end? It's a funny story. All it's right. a quick little hit us. One. Scrapple cut it All if right. you're not. So I was at the fish store and long and behold, someone calls me up and says, you know, hey, I came in the other day and I bought this this thing that cleans your gravel. I'm like, oh, the python? He's like, no, it wasn't a python and stuff. I'm like, well, what did you buy? You know, and he's like, well, it cleans your substrate. And I'm like, yeah, it's the python. He's like, no, it's not. And I said, well, describe it to me. He's like, it's it's got this tube and it's got this hose. and It looks like a penis pump. I'm like, a penis pump. And he's like, yeah, it's it's a penis pump. So I'm like, it's, it's actually called a python, you know. And he's like, oh, I was wondering if you have this other attachment. I'm like, yeah, come on in. So this guy is known as the penis pump man at the store. Does Every he know that? Wait, in, did you even try it? It could have worked. You don't know. I uh, I don't know, man. Just it, it was at that time. I was like, wow, penis pump. That's that's what he neglected it to was a penis pump. I just want to see the other people in your store while he brings in a penis pump. I'm like, no, this. And you're like, whoa, yes. there is a children penis pump. here. I, I, I just assume that right now we've got four or five people going and grabbing their python and heading upstairs to their bedrooms going, 
I'm Man, I wish I had eight, donuts. Trying to get eight inch Chola wood. <laughs> JoeShrimpShack.com. By the inch. Promo code Aquarium Guys. Well, thanks again, guys. It was a lot of fun. We'll uh, continue doing uh, story times. Maybe we can get uh, some of your friends uh, there. I know we got to get Chris Biggs in this. He's got some stories to tell. Well, one more shout out. Again, you can find the Ohio Fish Rescue on YouTube. Certainly like and subscribe. They have a ton of videos. They, How many do you do a week? Every other day for, I don't know, the last year now, we're up to probably 230 videos or something. We just let you follow along. We don't do no glamour, no no sales pitch, no no clickbait. We tell you what we're doing, and you can follow along in real life and see how busy we are, how what we do, how we do it, and what we're building. I apologize. If you want to see the best aquarium decoration you've ever seen in your life, and that's Josh in an aquarium, go to check him out on YouTube. Hmm. <laughs> and don't forget about uh, Joe. Thanks for again for joining us. JoeShrimpShack.com for 15% off his shrimp. Aquarium guys at checkout. And uh, that 8-inch Cholo wood. Yeah. Yeah. Cholo no, don't forget the penis inch. pump. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. We'll, uh, we'll kick this off and uh, do another podcast soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this podcast. Please visit us at AquariumGuysPodcast.com and listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and anywhere you can listen to podcasts. We're practically everywhere. We're on Google. I mean, just go to your favorite place, Pocket Casts. Subscribe to make sure it gets push notifications directly to your phone. Otherwise, Jim will be crying in his sleep. Can, can I listen to it in the in my treehouse? In your treehouse, in your fish room, even alone at work. What about at my man cave? Especially your man cave. Yeah. Only if Adam's there. No. With feeder guppies. No. no. They're endless. You midget loving quack sucking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll see you next time. <laughs> Later. Quack.